Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 48, and that's Wade in studio. This is post-pandemic Wade. Wade's back. It's kind of crazy. I mean, still mid-pandemic or ending of the pandemic, but... I hope so. Unless you're in Arizona. I feel like you've been uh, kind of quarantining. I feel safe. Just us two alone in the office, you know? Yeah, because we've also been golfing several times together. True. But that's outside. <laughs> yeah, nothing in the office you have to worry about. Or the studio, as we call it. Does the studio need a name? I think it does, but I don't think you're going to come up with it right now. It's right, gotta, off, right off the top of my head? It's no. Gotta, it's it's got to, you know, come to you. Organically? We'll it's come like, up with something by the end of the show. It's like naming a dog. You can't just name your dog right away. Like you got to live with it for like a couple days. I've been thinking about dog names my entire life. I spend a lot of energy day to day thinking of just good names for dogs. Not going to lie. I've been there too. <laughs> Someday you'll get to name something. Uh, today's show. The obligatory daily negotiations update with the players and the owners. So they're there's news every day on that, isn't there? Seems like it, but it, uh, you know, kind of seems like we're going backwards. There was some good news and then we immediately regressed and went backwards into, into bad news. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, do we need sound for that? Like the sound update? Like I used to have a specific sound for players when I would talk about a player like Otani. I haven't used that in a long time. It's still in the, in the holster, but if I made sound for this sound for what the, the update, like a news update thing or something. Oh, like the ESPN bottom line thing? Yeah. Or is it even too late? Not worth doing. I think it's not worth doing. Okay. Also going to talk about some taxi squad stuff for the season. So actual baseball talk and it's related to prospects. Dennis Lynn posted something a few weeks ago about um, taxi squad candidates for the Padres. And there's a lot of obvious ones and then maybe some not so obvious ones. And we're going to talk about what the taxi squad means, uh, how many players are going to actually be included in the taxi squad? Because generally, you know, in spring training, there's taxi squad stuff, but they're, they're small rosters and they're anyway, what's it? We, we've heard rumors of what the taxi squad will look like for this upcoming season. And it's crazy. Do you think that's part of the negotiations right now? Or that that's not like, that's even further down the road. I don't think the, the, the players don't care about the taxi squad. No, they don't give a shit. Gotcha. They, the only thing they care about is is money, and that's what the owners care about too, which is funny. Everyone's on the player's side, but they the players are negotiating purely based on money just like the owners are. So I'm not pro-player here. I'm not pro-owner here. I'm just saying the players demanded pro-rated salaries, which is their right, and I think they should get it. But they're also demanding more games. So the let's just talk about that now then. So the players asked for 70 games, and the owners asked for – or b- the, b- what started the negotiation day was the owners came out and said, let's play 60 games. 
And now the, the players who are all posting on their social media, like tell us when and where um, got their answer. And well, now they're like, Oh, we want, we actually want 10 more games. And that means money to them. So they're getting their prorated salaries over 70 games instead of 60, which matters to who the, the top end players, I guess more than the the low end players yeah, as I mean, usual. You, yeah, you got to do, I mean, dollars and cents is like, they're not even gaining that much with 10 games. I don't know. This is why this is the place where you draw the line in the sand. It seems like a weird thing to be hung up on here. Just 10 games. I don't know what the, that works out to money wise specifically. Um, I know for the course of the season, they're getting is a group, you know, well over a billion dollars and I don't know the trickle down and we just have to split it up 700 ways among all the guys who are pro players. 10 games doesn't seem like a big thing to be arguing about this late in the negotiation when we're so close to a season starting and we're going to miss the July 4th golden, the golden hour, you know, like uh, of um, start dates opening day on 4th of July would have been incredible. It would have been amazing. We're going to miss it by a few weeks if they can get their shit together soon. It's like people desperately need something to watch. And if you were able to like bring America together on the 4th of July with baseball, that would have been Epic. So America, it seems like 10 games just isn't the thing that should be holding this up. We, we had a chance to start earlier. We missed it. Um, and now it seems like we're just the, the it seems like, well, the, the news today was Bob Nightingale reported uh, via Twitter that the owner's side, someone in the owner's group said that the negotiations went backwards today, which kills all the momentum from the last week or two. It, it almost makes like, you think that the players don't want to play. You know, they're making it really difficult for the owners just kind of on purpose. Yeah. It's possible. I I bet there's a big chunk that maybe don't want to play. They don't want to be isolated. They don't want to be away from their families. Although it's like during the season, they kind of are anyway, and it's going to be a really short season. So, um, make it work. I don't, I don't know why they would not really, a, a majority of them wouldn't want to play. I don't see how that would be possible. I'm sure there's some, but as a group, they want to play and they want to get paid too. They want to take care of their families. So maybe you st- spend some time away from your family for three months and then, you know, you're paying the bills too, though. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the NBA, like the NBA is staying away from their family. They're all going to the Disney World. It's going to be shorter, though. They're not going to play that many games. True. And then they get right into the playoffs. I think the NBA should just cancel the season. I think we talked about this before because the season to get interrupted in the middle like that and have this hokey like end of year thing where it's it's so different than the first half of the season and like the phoenix suns come out and win the championship that'd be amazing <laughs> I'd, I'd i'd root really hard for just the weirdest thing to happen in the nba playoffs to happen and that could be in the rockets winning a championship no harden harden will be out at the strip club every night rockets crazy suns possible that's that's wade's <laughs> take right there um last thing we're gonna talk about today is uh prospect of the year 1993 93. Good year. We're getting up there. We're getting closer. So you're going to be, you're going to be surprised at who the prospect of the year 1993 was. I bet. I don't know who they are. I bet you looked at the notes and you do now, but you had no idea who it was. True. Yesterday. So we just covered, um, the, the, the shit storm that's happening with the, the owners and stuff. So let's get into the taxi squad. So the taxi squad I thought was a pretty interesting thing to go over because it's, it has to do with, uh, who we're going to get to see this year among all of the, the Padres' top guys. And obviously, 
you expect to see some of the the top top guys who have spent time in Double A AA and Triple A this year. So Lynn went out and meant or uh, Dennis Lynn mentioned, uh, you know, the obvious ones: Taylor Trammell, Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino, and Luis Camposano. But I wanted to talk to you about this because how often would we really get to see these guys play? If it's let's say a fifty game season, I think you see Gore a decent amount. But is he going to lose rookie eligibility? That's what I was going to talk about. The yeah. guy, no one's going to lose rookie eligibility because they're not going to play enough. So then we still have a year of control. Yes. Then that's fine. Yeah. So, but what's the impact they're making? So I get the reason for putting them on the taxi squad because you want them to play, but they're losing out on their whole minor league season basically. To but get, the minor league season's not even happening. Exactly. They're losing the whole season. Is twenty innings of. Let's say Luis Campuzano is. Does that matter? That's like a couple games because is, is he going to play that much with Hedges? No, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, is it? Or what's the alternative to not being on the taxi squad? Is it being in Arizona at the complex doing work with um, the Arizona guys? would be the last place I want to be in the world right now. Not for the, just like don't go out though. I get. I don't think being in Arizona is necessarily bad. It's having the mindset that. You're going to go to bars and restaurants and frolic all the time. I mean, that's all there is to do in Arizona. Not when these guys are (laughs) professional. I know what you're doing, but not when these guys are pro players and they're there to just play baseball every day. Yeah, but I I mean, I don't know. I I feel minor leagues are just going to be like, yeah, we're we're done this whole season. And in the summer in Arizona, they're not probably doing a lot of stuff during the day. Yeah. So what do they do to kill time during the day? Maybe they're – I just imagine them – doing stuff together. I don't see them like going out and they're, they're all really young guys. I don't, they don't have their own families to worry about yet with, with kids and stuff. So, I mean, that's when you get into trouble. The, uh, who was the pitcher last year that like broke into someone's house through the dog door. Jacob Nix. Yes. And then that other, the other guy I'm blanking on his name. Exactly. Yeah. True. You never know what shenanigans you can get into when you're roaming around Scottsdale in the middle of summer. So, who so I mentioned the big guys so Campuzano, uh, California League co MVP last year, Mackenzie Gore, top three prospect in baseball. We know he was going to play this year, even if there wasn't a shortened season. Luis Patino is interesting because he's younger than Gore. He's not quite as advanced as Gore, although I think his ceiling it, it could rival Gore, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. He's gonna be, he's gonna be really good, and that's I mean hot take alert. Lucas Patino is gonna be good, but we weren't expecting to see much of him from this year. He he got up to Double A barely last year and was really good, and he was really good in the futures game, and that kind of put him on everyone's radar. But you I know, mean, why not have him and uh, Gore up there? Or like just have him in the bullpen, like. Pitched maybe one batter that you think he matches up well. Against. I get that. Do your work during the week and then tell him like, hey, today, Friday, we're going to get you in, you know, in the fifth inning or the sixth inning. The, yeah. The bullpen's such a strength this year that I think they're going to use the hell out of it, which they did last year, but even even more so this year. Because they, yeah, they're I mean, so you deep. use them as a starter, you know, like, hey, you're only going the first inning today. Opener? Yeah. First two innings maybe? Yeah. I love that idea. Right. Um, this is the best time to use that. You get Mackenzie Gore pitching the first, even three innings. Like, hey, we're just you're going to go through the lineup one time, and if it's a second inning, if it's a third inning, whatever, you're gone. Same with Patino. Give them a couple of those starts, and depending, 
when in the season they do it and how the team is looking. Like, Yeah, even give them a, a low pitch count. Be like, hey, you're only throwing 20 pitches today. This is Go what I like it. to do. We, we talked about this before, but like split a game with Garrett Richards and Mackenzie Gore. So Garrett Richards or Denelson Lamette, who is com- like not too far removed from Tommy John surgery. Garrett Richards has been hurt the last five years, it feels like. He, he doesn't play much anymore because he's always injured. Why not just like let them each go like two and a half innings and then get to the yeah. bullpen in the fifth or sixth and then our bullpen's lights out. Garrett, you start us off, you go the first three, and then we bring in Mackenzie Gore. That's dangerous with and a then, seventy game, sixty game season. And then the eighth inning it's Emilio Pagan or uh uh what's his name? Bomberans and then uh Kirby Yates. Playoffs? Yes. <laughs> Very, I'm very a 50 game season or 60 games. I, I'm very excited about the Potters' chances. Why not us? They're a super dark horse team. Not even that dark horse, I guess, but like a, a trendy up and coming team that people are going to want to pick to do stuff in the playoffs. If they get in, is a wild card. Yeah, why not us? Don't Unless let them get hot. You know, what would you do with Taylor Trammell? How mu- how often do you play him? Because I know you're a big Taylor Trammell guy. Speaking of, before you answer that. I wanted to ask you if you knew the DH was going to be here this year and I don't see it going away. Spoiler alert. Once the DH comes, hard to get rid of. Do you still do that deal for Fran Will Reyes being the big Taylor Trammell guy that you are? I think so. Because, I mean, Taylor Trammell is still so young and so much potential. So is Fran Will Reyes. But Fran Will Reyes already proved that he can't be a fielder. You can find DHs. You can't find fielders. True, and you, but he's exactly what you want your DH to be, is the right. T- the, but I feel like those guys, you know, you can find a DH anywhere. There's guys in the minors that can hit the shit out of the ball, but they can't catch a fly ball, which is why they're still in the minors. There's not guys that can, you know, be your everyday left field starting, starting left fielder. All right, I just wanted to know what you thought because the main thing at the time when he got traded was it hurts, but where's Fran Mill going to play here? So we have to be okay losing him. So now that that's not an issue, I wanted to see if your opinions had changed. But no. you're staying strong with – Taylor's still my guy. Okay. Other guys that you would be excited about for a taxi squad. Does anyone come to your come to mind when you think of players that you're excited to see who maybe aren't the top five prospects or are going to exclude Adrian Morihone from this? Also, Michelle Baez, who was up last year. Um, are there other guys that – I mean, no, none of these guys are going to play much, obviously. So um, I like to see Owen Miller, you know, see if he can do anything at second base. Second base is the position that's the most wide open on the team. It, it still has been. Um, Drake Cronenworth, Ty France, Jerkson Profar. It's supposed to be Jerkson Profar's job, but it's not oh, – whatever. Yeah. They can easily punt on that 10 games in the season. Greg right. Garcia is around. So, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, how long do you let guys go in a slump if there's only 70 games? It's like what's now considered a slump, three, four games? Yeah. And then you try to make the switch? I think it's a super exciting format for like a one-year thing. How about do this every four years? How about a 60-game season? Just to Whoa. Like rest, guys? No, just to like – I don't know. It speeds up the season and, and the excitement – builds every game matters mlb purge yes call it the mlb (laughs) i love this idea call it the mlb purge it's a 50 game sprint and i think people will be really excited to watch that. sirens at the start and end of the season yeah 
<laughs> the opening day starters on the mound ready to pitch and you have the purge siren going off <laughs> in the countdown. I'm all in. I think it'd be really fun once every four years. Do it like Olympic style kind of thing. Are you in for that? We have weird ideas. I know not everyone's going to be into this. Yeah, but someone on Twitter or someone's going to leave a review. Idiots. Like, These guys are idiots. What are you thinking? <laughs> Don't make the mistake that I did listening to this. Terrible <laughs> podcast. That's fine. Why, why was your voice that Jim Rome there? <laughs> <laughs> I turned into Jim Rome. I don't know. Um, yeah, we come up, we come up with <laughs> we come up with hokey ideas. <laughs> That's part of the, the shtick we have. Um, I think it'd be really fun. I'm excited for a 60 game season. Everybody's excited, so why not do it again? What what's the where's the rule that says you can't do it again? That's my opinion. Anyway, other guys that are going to get a big chance. So I think Lake Bocker. Our boy. Who I always call Luke, but I wrote it down this time, so I'm calling him Lake. Um, Edward Olivares could get some time in the outfield. He's like a potential 2020 guy. Spent a lot of time with the Saudis last year. And then uh, who else did I have? Travis Radke. So, so I think the pitchers are going to benefit the most from the shortened season because short, leash, short leashes – Maybe pitchers get hurt quicker because they had to ramp up their spring training schedule ahead of what they normally do. Um, maybe they just want to s- to spread out the the pitches during the season and and go heavy bullpen. So you're seeing like an all star game mentality where starters like we just talked about two three innings and then you're using more guys and you have this taxi squad to choose from. Do you know how the taxi squad works? Like if there's say whatever you you're. 40 man roster and then there's these 10 extra guys can they just come in and out anytime or you have to put someone on the taxi squad and put the taxi squad guy and is it just like free like just that day you can change them so they not free i think is implied because that's what taxi squad is they're they're designated taxi squad players that are considered to be you know like the subs that day and they haven't released what exactly it's going to mean yet because i think there's some ambiguity here still where um, are they all in San Diego? Can't, are they, do you have to designate who's available that day? Um, maybe there's only 10 guys available out of 30 or 40 that are on the Texas squad that are available to play that day. Where are they? Are they all in San Diego? Are they in Arizona? How quickly do you have to get them? There's a lot of questions with all the travel. Like, shouldn't they just be, if you're like, trying to quarantine as a team, shouldn't they be with the team at all times? You would think so. And I don't, we don't even really know where MLB is going to take place yet because the thing I heard today was 15 stadiums. So I assume that Petco would be one of those stadiums because of our location and because of how good San Diego has been with the coronavirus. But I don't really know yet. And nobody really does know until MLB and the union agree on terms and then they release the terms to us so we can kind of read through it all. I did see via Instagram players are working out at Petco. That's good. Yeah. Um, so taxi squad during training marketing uh, idea. Oh Jesus! Shot from the hip. Get Uber or Lyft to call it the Uber or Lyft squad. MLB makes some money on advertising. Boom, gives it to the players. The Uber or Lyft squad. So they're in San Diego, and then they get brought to the stadium by Uber or instead I mean, of theoret- theoretically. Yeah. Um, Market the shit out of that. Just, you know, I'm a marketing whiz and I shred on the drums. (laughs) 
I do like it. I think that's a great idea. Thank you. Brand activation. Right. Sponsorship activate. Yeah, I'm all in. Let the play let that money go to the players. Let the mon- or let that go to the owners. <laughs> How about to the minor leaguers? You just missed your golden chance. True. It's a it's we could a, have been the podcast for the minor leaguers. It's a five million dollar deal for the year, paid split by Uber and Lyft, and then five million dollars goes to minor leaguers this year. Love it. We just solved a lot of problems. Yep. Boom. Uh taxi squad. What is it what does it mean to be a taxi squad guy? So during spring training is when you hear the term pretty much exclusively. You only hear it during spring training. And it's it's a split squad team. Um, they have some players available for certain days of the week and other players not available and they're designated earlier. So if it means getting more players the chance to play, I'm fine with that. But I think I heard somewhere in the vicinity of 60 players potentially on this taxi squad. And – for guys that are way low on that list, are they going to even play at all? I don't imagine how they could. So who is it really helping other than the top 10 prospects of any given organization? Um, I mean, essentially, you're just taking the AAA team. And, and AA. You're taking both teams and just having them play standby. So, so that's what Taxi Squad means is they're, they fly standby. They don't have tickets to the, to the plane, but if someone doesn't show up that day, then – you know, I'm, I'm playing loose with the metaphor here, but then they can come in and the, and the potters are probably going to say who those players are before the game starts. Like, Hey, these are our guys that are available today. I don't and have I, any, I don't have any issues with it. So they're, they're, they're just part-time players. That's what it's going to mean this year. And I'm seeing, I'm guessing a lot of older veteran AAA guys are going to matter. So I mentioned like, um, Lake Bacher, who's not that much older and Travis Raggy, they're not that old, but compared to other prospects like Patino and Gore, they are. So this is going to be their chance to actually do something. And you know, it could lead to a job someday, I get like a, a permanent job. Like David Bednar, I think has a job now because of what he did last year in a small sample size. Why can't Travis Radke, who has put up good numbers in the minors and is left-handed, which matters if you're a starting pitcher, um, be a bullpen piece because he's pitched pretty much out of the bullpen exclusively last year. It was really good in AAA in the PCL, which is, a, as we all know, one of the hardest places to pitch in the world, not just for AAA. If you're a pitcher, you are going to struggle at the, in the Pacific Coast League. Um, 73 innings last year had a 297 ERA. He could be a potential bullpen piece long term if he comes up and pitches 10 innings and is really good. So him uh, and Luke Bacher. God damn it. Lake Bacher. I'm looking right at it. You I always said. do it. Um, Lake, who's who grades out as a guy with a bunch of 40s and 50s all over his scouting report, he could be like a fifth, sixth inning prospect or a bullpen piece long term for somebody. Maybe it's not the Padres, but um, why not? I'd like to see those two guys play, and then I'd like to see uh, Edward Olivares play because I think he's more of a dark horse guy that's going to have a harder chance to be seen. Um, there's a lot of outfielders in the pottery system right now. And he's, if he gets a chance to do something, I think he could be pretty good and maybe he becomes a valuable trade ship for the potteries next season. Just, just thinking out loud. So are you looking up something? Uh, no, sorry. I was doing work. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to stall. So you were looking up something. Um, I wanted to ask you about the draft. Would you, since it's, since it ended, we didn't do a show together. We did. Uh, we did. Damn it. We Fuck did the show it. together. 
Um, you, but you've had some some time to digest it. It's been a week. So, did what have you thought about the the hassle pick? The you know punting everybody to save money on Cole Wilcox. Um, where do you th- where do you how do you feel about the Padres draft overall? Strong to fairly strong. You said like you thought it was you thought it was ranked one of the best. I saw an ESPN article that said uh, unanim- unanimously. I tried to say that earlier, during, and I, it's hard. When it's it, a tough word. When the mic's hot <laughs> and you try to say unanimously. Uh, the best draft class. Um, I was sent a text message from a buddy that just said that I didn't do any further research <laughs> on that. So um, There's – the problem with that is there's a few – uh, I think the Padres were given an A. Well, actually, I'm looking at CBS right now since we're talking about this. They give the Padres a B. CBS does. Yeah, there's A's all over the place, and the 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 Padres were a B. You want me to read? You want to listen to uh, the new segment Ryan reads for a second? This is via CBS. The Padres had known to be enamored with prop prep outfielder Robert Hassel, so pop- popping him. Jesus, with the alliteration here, guys. Number eight doesn't come as a shock. If he if he proves to be as good as they think, he'll be worth the pick. After Hassel, the Padres took some chances with Justin Lang, Owen Casey, who they like with the raw power. I'm I'm kind of skimming through here now, and then the the big right hander Colt Wilcox, who they think has the frame to start, but there's still questions about his command. Everyone thinks reliever risk. Hey, spoiler alert! Any any pitcher in the draft that's not going in like the top ten has some reliever risk. And even those guys, you never know. Um. Game a B. That's all they said. Nothing really negative, but they weren't thrilled. They give the Cardinals an A, the Pirates an A. They like Nick Gonzalez a lot. Um, other A's, the Mets. Pete Crow Armstrong was their number one pick, and JT Ginn. So as as far as teams that are like we're pairing the top two, who I think are the most important picks, obviously, um, your number one and two picks to pair together. Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, high school outfielder, and then JT Ginn, who was you know, being looked at as a, a possible ace. He was picked by the Dodgers a couple of years ago out of high school and then um, hurt his elbow. That could be a really powerful one-two punch. The Brewers got an A. They snagged Garrett Mitchell, who I've been in love with. They got him really late. The Marlins got Max Meyer when they didn't think they were going to get Max Meyer. And then uh, I told you that I thought it's going to be really hard to beat the Tigers because if you're picking number one overall, Torque, and you get Spencer Torkelson – who's considered by far the best player in the class. And then they followed it up with uh, people like their second round pick, Dylan Dingler, the catcher from um, is it Ohio state or is he the same? I think it's Ohio state. Uh, you can look that up while I'm talking. Um, and then they like gauge workman too. For, he's the Arizona state teammate in the competitive balance round. Dylan Dingler, Ohio state university, the Ohio state university. There it is. Kind of like had to be made fun of with that name. I was just thinking like – so with Spencer Torkelson, I always think of Turk Turkelson from Scrubs. I don't know if you're a Scrubs guy. Oh, big Scrubs guy. Um, the Turkeltons and Dylan Dingler. You th- I, who do you think of? It's Dirk Diggler. Like his name is the same as – it's almost Dirk Diggler-ish. Yep. From uh, – Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. There it is. So when you're picking Torkelson, one overall, and then you also get a player like Dingler who people like – how do you not give the Tigers like the best 
I mean, they, they weren't the fanciest. They didn't do like the, the most calisthenics to get their pick. Like the Rockies veen just fell in their lap. The Padres did some things to get uh, the guy they like in the third round. But the Tigers, you're getting Torkelson, who could be an impact player for you maybe next year. Chris Welsh said maybe next year or at least within two years. Why not put him on the taxi squad right away? Why not this year? Yeah. Yeah, didn't Strasburg do that when he came up out of San Diego State? Yeah, I think so. I think he spent like a few weeks in the minors and then... Xavier Nady did that? It's not that weird. Yeah, do it. Uh, And then people like Dingler too. And then Daniel Cabrera, who was their competitive balance round pick from uh, Arizona State. I think think that it's hard to say anyone did better than the Tigers when you get the best player in the draft. And so few players actually end up mattering long term. When you can, when you a safe pick is Torkelson, like that's that's the best pick. So um, I would probably give the Tigers the best grade. But I really liked uh, what the Potters did. It wasn't it wasn't the sexiest draft. They they you know raised some eyebrows, but I think they made a good splash. Anyway, um, after digesting for a week, um, I'd have to say I'm, I'm I think a B plus is fine for the Potters or or the B plus A minus range. I think that's where I would be. You could change my mind, B plus or A minus, depending on what day you talk to me. Yeah. I think it's right there. Nothing wrong with that. Last segment before we get out of here. It is Prospect of the Year 1993. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. And that is going to be Ray McDavid. Filler. Did you know who Ray McDavid was? I had no idea. He was drafted in the ninth round, 234 overall in 1989. He is six foot three, 190 pounds, where he was. And he was from San Diego. So local boy, Claremont High School. Fast times at Ridgemont High High School. Was it? Yeah, you didn't know that? Fast times at Ridgemont High, based off like Claremont High School. Like there or was based there? Based off Claremont High School. How'd that happen? I think the I think it was based on a book, and I believe the author went to Claremont High and based it on his high school experience. Interesting. I don't feel like that'd be a good book. That's a that needs to be a movie. You know, it was the, an amazing movie. It's a great movie. The what's her name walking out of the pool? I don't remember her name, but yeah, you know, I'm great scene. About. Yeah, I don't think anybody remembers his name. <laughs> you remember her walking out of the pool? Is it weird? To I mean, we watched that when when we were younger, and she in the movie is probably you know like twenty one years old or something. But is it weird now to look back on that and be like, hey, that's still a pretty good scene? Are we too old? Yeah, I mean, the weird thing we grew about up with that it, movie though. Is she like, doesn't age. She's supposed to be in high school, and it's like, wait, what's going? She's on? She's definitely <laughs> not in high school. But characters in movies don't age. So, but we do. When does it become not okay to watch that movie and be like, hey? I don't think ever because there's nostalgia of when you saw it when you were young. You're right. That's what it, it's nostalgia. It's not – has nothing to do with her. So Ray McDavid, um, Claremont High School guy, then Arizona Western Community College. And he was considered at one point the 60th best prospect in baseball according to Baseball America. And then actually – Got up to 14 at one point, and this is before he ever made his major league debut, obviously. He spent two years with the Padres in the majors. 
he hit 222 with zero zero home runs. So Matt Antonelli is beating him in home runs right now. Friend of the program, Matt Antonelli. Yeah. So looking through his his stats when he was younger, just – I don't know what it was here, but 90 through 93, he he started in rookie ball. Progress, I mean, you're seeing progression all the way through A ball, high It's a, funny to look at uh, and then double A. The where locations. the Padres minor league teams were back in the day. <laughs> the early 90s. Like they had a Charleston, South Carolina team. High desert. Don't even know where that is. I think that's in California somewhere. I think they're California League. A Wichita team. Yeah, Wichita. And then the Vegas team. They were in the Texas League for some reason, Wichita. I mean, it's, I mean not too weird. Um, had some really good years in the minors, so nothing like amazing. He he got up to the 14th best prospect in baseball, but you know, in in 1992, as a 20 year old in high A ball, he hit 24 home runs, stole 43 bases, hit 276, and had a 409 OBP. That's a studly year. So I can see why you would rank him that highly. I'm thinking. When he gets the majors, you know, minimum 2020 guy that plays the outfield and can get on base. So, like, to me, that sounds like uh, maybe Taylor Trammell with more speed or Trent Grisham with more speed. Like, average is going to be a little lower. Hits for good power. Not, you know, not great, but good. Um, and can run more than both of those guys. And then gets on base at a good clip. So, that's what I would predict from him. But... As we see the case with prospects, he had that great year, and then the next year he goes to Wichita, plays in 126 games. This is this is Double A now. Um, regresses just a little bit in the power department. Um, doesn't run quite as much. Everything kind of goes down a little bit. The OBP drops, and then when he gets to the majors, uh, just doesn't get a lot of chances. And then gets sent down right away. So he came. He comes up to the Padres, plays nine games in '94, plays 61 games in '95, um, and that's it. Or sorry, 11 games with the Padres in '95, uh, 61 games total. So then he's gone. Tried to resurrect his career late with the Expos. I mean, never, never had success. Again, even in the minors, uh, just kind of a, a two-year wonder, I guess, from 92 to 93, where he had some really good years. And then I don't know what happened, but he's seven total years in the minors, um, and that's it. Never never really made an impact in the majors. Do you miss you miss the Ray McDavid era? Can't say that I do. Um it just shows you, know, you it shows coming you in we, today, didn't know who he was. Yeah, and still don't. After we'll, today, <laughs> won't know. We'll forget. We'll forget about him. But it's a, it's a reminder that even these good prospects that we fall in love with, uh, this can happen to you. Right. You can potentially still cherish all not your time. Make it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like which cut. is scary for Preller because none of his prospects have proven themselves yet. Yeah, and I think the smart fans know that. Even though we have a lot of prospects that we like, you anticipate seven out of ten failing. But you're hoping that the ones that make it are the top-end ones like Mackenzie Gore, Taylor Trammell, Luis Patino, and that they become impact players long after that. And then, you know, worst case, hopefully they're just average regulars or something. Yeah. But this can happen. The flameouts. Not uncommon, especially in Padres – 
prospect history. Hasn't been, yeah, hasn't been the best. <laughs> Matt Bush. Uh, anything else you got or you want to, you ready to wrap it up? I think we're ready to wrap it up. Good week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You're just going to let your computer keep beeping the whole show? I think that's like your fifth beep. Sorry, I'm just getting mad emails. People want me. You've got a you've got a mute button on your computer. Next time. For the future. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I'm Ryan Hart. That was Wade. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, Arizona. Whoa, too soon on Arizona. Let's get you talking into the mic closer today. Billy speaking to the mic. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.